When you're selling to those more visibly successful than you, here's how to stop selling yourself short and playing small. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. I'm Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach, and I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And I was thinking back as I got ready to record this episode, and I was remembering the first time I played small when I was selling myself and my services to someone. (laughs) Try saying this one five times fast, say selling myself to someone significantly more successful than me. There, got that one out. Um, I was about probably less than six months into my business um, and a colleague referred a friend of hers to me. And when I was doing my due diligence, kind of looking up, um, you know, who I was going to be on this discovery call with and realizing this was a person who had like tens of thousands of followers on all social media accounts, a hugely successful podcast, I started to kind of quake in my shoes a little bit. And I got super nervous about the call because I was kind of like, if he's already so successful, why does he need like me, you know, little old me who just came from the obscurity of small town USA and a brick and mortar private practice and has only been online for a couple of months? You know, what could he possibly use from me, learn from me? It was instantly the story that I created that because his business was more successful than mine, I had less to offer. I did the discovery call with him and I talked to him about, you know, what I did, how I could help, how I could serve. I listened to his issues and I really did feel like I'd be able to help him and address his concerns in a really quick manner. And I sort of, you know, I sold myself accordingly and said so. And at the end of it, he said, listen, I have no doubt that you're the right person for me. I have no doubt that you could help me and get me where I want to go but you're undercharging yourself and you're underrepresenting yourself. And I can't afford to have a mindset coach who I have to convince of her own worth. So you probably have to get out there a little more and maybe we can work some time down the line. Um, and that heart sinking moment, right? Like you're, maybe hopefully you're feeling it with me, that, that moment of realizing that you just played small. You didn't think you were good enough or you assumed the the other person that you were selling to was somehow better than you because they were more well-known. They were more established. They had more reps in the game. So you kind of show up as little old you almost apologetically saying, oh, if you wouldn't mind and if you have some free time, it'd be lovely to work with you rather than what I wish I had done. And when I look back on that example that we're probably going back at least two and a half, maybe three years now, here's what I would have done differently. I I would have recognized that somebody sent a friend who was struggling to me. And I am an expert at helping people who are struggling. I'm not an expert in business building. That's not, that's why I don't lead, you know, business strategy podcasts. That's why I don't offer or sell myself as a business coach. I am someone who helps people with their emotional and mental struggles and I help them get back in the game. I was absolutely the right person to counteract and counterpoint this person's business strategy because he had all the strategy in the world. He just didn't have the right mindset and he was repeating 
repeatedly getting him in the way. And I needed to recognize that the service I was offering had value and worth to someone like him. Because without it, he can't become bigger. He can't become better, bolder, or stronger, or more resilient. He needed me. And because I played small, he didn't get the relief of the suffering I could have offered. Did he go and get help someone else? Of course he did. I hope he did. Um, But I lost out on the sale because I was so focused on his success and his image and who he was in the entrepreneurial space that I didn't focus enough on myself and what I had to offer and what I was bringing to the table. I was remembering this over the past couple of weeks. Um, My husband, and um, I'm probably going to um, get in a little bit of trouble for sharing this story. <laughs> I, I love that he doesn't listen to my podcast. Sometimes somebody references an episode I did to him and he's like, oh, you talked about that one on the show too. Um, but recently my husband purchased a car. He like purchased the car, like a dude car. Um, and a little backstory um, because it's important to me, not because it's important to him. But when I met him, he he hadn't been injured yet. He now has a spinal cord injury and requires a wheelchair. Um, but when I met him, he had like the dude car, the sporty car. Um, it was a fun little roadster. And we just went on these road trips forever, um, all weekend long to all these different places. And when he got hurt, he needed to um, move from a stick shift car to an automatic car. And his car for him got decidedly less fun. And one of the things when he completed his medical training, we always said is that we would get him the exact car he wanted and we would like, you know, take care of it soup to nuts to make it as manly, as doodly and as sporty as possible. So we got himself a really cool car um, uh, sometime in the spring. But it wasn't a good color. It wasn't a, you know, dude color. It wasn't a sports car color. Um, and uh, it was a little plain and boring. So we had talked about changing the color and kind of investing in that and doing that for him so he could kind of stop compromising, right? Um, the idea that, like, you don't always have to settle. You don't always have to sort of accept what you can get, that sometimes you can just live and purchase and invest a little unapologetically and get absolutely what you want. And for me, with him, this car was it. So we researched and we found out that I think this is more of a West Coast thing in the States and I don't know what other countries have or how much, um, you know, sort of relevance it has on the East Coast. But here on the West Coast, they do this thing called vinyl wrapping and you can um, change the color of your car and get these cool vinyl wraps over it to change the look, the style, all of it. Um, It's really kind of cool. You can tint windows and do all kinds of other things to the car too. So we decided we were going to do that. And when my husband pulled in his very nice car into this lot, we met this young guy and he comes out of the garage and instantly... Um, I could see his body language. Um, he looked at the car <laughs> and suddenly he looked nervous. Um, I don't know what, you know, looking at his Yelp reviews, I didn't really understand why because I saw that he had done other sports cars and other, you know, nice cars too. But there was something about him seeing the car where he kind of walked to the car a little um, hesitantly, I would say. And when, you know, my husband sort of showed him the vehicle, talked about what he wanted to do, um, he didn't make eye contact his head was down um and then he you know he quoted us the rate and it was low 
low. <laughs> it was really low. Um, and it was based on his Yelp reviews and the pictures from his Yelp reviews that we knew this kid had talent. Um, we knew he was good and we had already decided he was going to be the guy for this job the entire time. So then he looks at the car and he says, I think, you know, it's it's got a couple of extra things that I'm not used to working with. So it's probably going to take me a little over a week. Um, and if you don't mind, you know, uh, that's what, you know, that's what I'd like to offer. So as the time goes, um, he, you know, he showed up small from beginning to end, uh, apologetic from beginning to end. Um, and then by the time we picked up the car, um, we had a couple of snafus along the line. Um, but when we arrived at the, to pick up the car yesterday, and this is what made me think to do this about a podcast interview, is he was still playing small. The car looked freaking amazing. It was stylized. It was just well done. Attention to detail. And the guy talked about the fact that he had a couple of late nights working on it and that he had a couple of road bumps because he didn't know how to do some parts. And he just freaking nailed it. But the whole time he was embarrassed and insecure and it read in his body language. And uh, me being me, you guys listening to the show aren't going to be surprised that I did this. I just pulled him aside. Um, and I said, dude, I said, you undercharged yourself and you're underrepresenting your talent. I said, you're looking at guys like him who come in and drive cars like these and they probably are jerks. Um, I didn't use the word jerk. You can change the word there. Um, and I said, and, and you're used to showing up as if you're less than. I said, you really have something to be proud of in this vehicle. You and your team have done an incredible job. And you have a work of art here that you should feel really good about. Stop apologizing. Stop playing small. Stop hesitating. And look and recognize and represent your talent. How often do we do that, though, when we're in the face of somebody who intimidates us a little bit, who makes us feel like we might not be as good or who we fear might make us question ourselves and what, you know, we think we're capable of, that it's so easy when you immediately tell yourself a story that there's a hierarchy and you are lower on the totem pole to sell yourself short. We have to recognize that when we talk in the entrepreneurial space about staying in our own lane, we have to do that when it comes to selling too. That we have to know our talent, we have to know what we're bringing to the table, and we have to be unapologetic about representing it. And that doesn't mean we're the experts at everything. That guy who needed me a couple of years ago, I could have absolutely helped him, no matter how many millions more dollars he had in his bank account than I did at mine. And the same thing with this guy in my husband's car. He is a good, talented artist and he really did an amazing job and he should be able to look my husband in the eye and say listen this car is a high-end car I want to take care of it I want to make sure it's going to get done right I need it in my shop for two weeks and if you want this level of investment in time it's going to cost you and these are my rates and he would have gotten the deal um he would have immediately and what I'm going to (laughs) do because I'm me and because I can is I'm going to send him a tip in the mail. Um, And I'm going to leave a little note and I'm going to let him know again that he undercharged and he underserved himself and that he can't keep doing that as a business owner. So if I'm going to help this guy out with his brick and mortar shop, 
I got to help you out too. And I want you to do an inventory with yourselves. And some of you aren't, you know, you don't own businesses. You're not um, trying to sell yourself or put yourself out there, but maybe you're applying for a job. Maybe you have an idea in your company and you want to present it to somebody. Maybe you need to give feedback to your boss and you're not sure how to do it. You have to recognize that regardless of where everybody else is in their lives or in their businesses, you still have your expertise. You still get to own it. Your point of view, your rationale, and your perspective has worth and value. And when you decide somebody might not want to hear what you have to say, and I thought that to myself when I was giving this guy free advice. I'm like, he's probably like, you know, like, what's this girl talking to me about? She knows nothing about cars. Um, you know, and I... And he might have questioned it, but on the off chance that I can help him set himself up for more success with his next business, like his next business client, like that would be awesome if like I heard back from him and he's like, yeah, I totally raised my rates. Um, but I have to be willing to be uncomfortable. I have to say, listen, you know cars? I know nothing about cars, but let me tell you what I do know. And that's what you have to do for yourself. You don't have to be the expert at everything. You just have to be unapologetically expert at your thing and unafraid to tell people, unafraid to show people, and unafraid to charge your worth. Because when we play small, when we reduce our rates, when we choose behaviors and words that reflect the inner critic, they become more embedded in our truth about ourselves rather than what can be possible. So we believe the story that's small rather other than the story that's big, and there's no reason for that. So I want you to think about where you're censoring yourself, where you lowered your rates, where you played off some of your talent, where you failed to accept a compliment, and I want you to make a promise to yourself today that it stops, that you are going to tune into your talent, you're going to tune into your success, and you are going to choose you, beginning, middle, and end. I always wonder about these mindset and real-time lessons, how valuable they are, and if you find the lessons applicable to you in your situation. I would love your feedback on today's show, or if you have a question that you'd like my two cents on in your life or business, please don't hesitate to find me over at heather at choosetohaveitall.com. Thanks so much for today, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.